0: story. Just when we thought that the narrative was getting manipulated in favor of the BBC last night, we saw this news story whereby they were saying that the kid had gone against the parents. And now we've got this second alleged victim. Have you been watching it today, Andrew?
1: Oh man. Well you can't keep your off it, can you? Um <laughs> it's the craziest thing as well since Schofield, which wasn't very long ago, was it? Um and that was of course an ITV issue, but Schofield let's remember uh he sort of cut his teeth, so to speak, in the BBC. Obviously there are all sorts of issues that have been going on in the BBC for a long time and you know you know that I've sold a documentary to the BBC, I'm linked to the BBC, so I was pretty perturbed when this all came out last week, saying that a BBC presenter has been involved with the allegations that we'll go into, of course. Uh, but it does look like a second person's come forward. What's, what's going on, Sean?
0: Well, a second person has come forward and stated that there were threats coming from the presenter and this second person was terrified uh because the presenter is such a powerful person and now this has caused multiple people are demanding now including jeremy vine that the (laughs) the, the presenter the of the alleged uh behavior needs to come forward The second person made allegations of bullying and menacing behavior. That's the headline um, that I'm seeing now. And Jeremy Vine is urging him to come forward publicly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I can understand it. That's how I felt immediately in the aftermath. I wanted to say, hey, you know, what's going on here? Uh, People might even link me to this kind of thing. To to be clear, I only made a documentary for them. And it wasn't even for them at the time. But two years down the line i uh, i managed to sell it to them so i never sort of worked for them but i have gone for meetings with them. i got a meeting with bbc in two days actually to discuss ideas for future series and things like that um I don't, you know it's a big organization i'm not going to go in there and start going oh what's what you're doing with all this you know because i'm going to be talking to some sort of producer or, or whatever it might be but I, maybe i will ask some questions it's a remarkable set of events and as you say, a second person's come forward. But this is also the second person to say that the alleged, you know, offender has been abusive in their manner of speaking. Uh, the first, as you'll remember, again, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. I read it as a boy. I know Steeples says it's a girl. We're not entirely sure the uh, this person. But what what we know is that when the alleged offender you know was was put in the news and this was all kicking off and everything like that the uh victim got phone calls from him saying you know what are you doing? threatening him i can't believe my name in the paper what's your mum playing at what's your dad playing at suddenly the next thing we know the boys retracted it all or girl retracted it all the following day made the sun look like right idiots and by the way a lot of people at the sun are might be idiots and they get a lot of things wrong i don't think that's the case in this scenario but it's made them look like you know people aren't trusting them i got a lot of messages today from people going oh the bloody son you look at them they got it wrong again it's like well (laughs) really we know what's happened here we know that the the offender has gone in and been very abusive called up this i think it's i do think it's a boy i'm not entirely sure yet and said you know "How, how dare you and all that they've been scared into submission and then lo and behold Somebody comes forward today and says, hey, I've also been on the end of this tongue lashing, for lack of a better word in this circumstances. Um, and it was very abusive, very scary, because this is one of the most famous uh, TV presenters, quite possibly in, in British history, I, I would say. I don't think that's an exaggeration to say so. So what do you think of that, Sean?
0: I think several things. So, you know, I concur with what you're saying. We saw this twisting of the narrative last night whereby the kid, the you know, in the first allegation, had retained an attorney that someone who's addicted to the white substance, who was desperate for money, who was doing this for years on camera and getting paid this money to finance this horrendous addiction, could not possibly have paid for a Belgravia lawyer that would cost someone a house being remortgaged as a down payment to represent. So just like with Schofield, we saw Matthew Steeples receive a letter from the lawyer representing the teenager in that case. And we are assuming that those legal phase were played for by uh, Schofield. The co-opting of the alleged victim is a legal strategy that these people employ rapidly and if you're that desperate for money you know and you're a kid how much is it going to take if you've got a serious addiction for you to say yes i'll sign here i'll say this i'll do whatever you want and it was going swimmingly um for the benefit of the presenter last night as you say comments questions were coming in emails to both of us stating that Sons messed this up. It's it's all rubbish, blah blah blah. And then the director general, <laughs> that boring crackpot, went on today and did his statement. I don't know if you saw it, but he w- was just using corporate double speak, bragging about the accomplishments of the BBC, the memorable moments of the BBC. And what's happened today is gonna to go down as one of the most memorable memorable moments in BBC history whereby yeah. this second allegation has come out and just completely reversed everything. It looks it, you can see now why these people think they can get away with things. Everything was coming into motion to change the narrative in the presenter's favor. And then today, bam. We've got this story. I'll read it to give the specifics. A second young person has made allegations they felt threatened by the unnamed BBC presenter. According to a report from the broadcaster, what's ironic about this is it was the BBC (laughs) confirmed it. um, So that the director general, he must have already known today that this was coming out because they even asked him if he knew of any other alleged victims. And he was like, basically, no comment, legal department. Um, The person in the early 20s, said they had previously been contacted by the presenter anonymously on a dating app. The conversation then moved to another platform. Quote, at this stage, the presenter revealed his identity and told the young person not to tell anyone. I mean, the absolute arrogance of of this character. Um, And this is the BBC report. They reportedly claimed the presenter pressured them to meet up, but they never did. The person said they were then sent abusive, expletive-filled messages after hinting they could name the presenter online. The BBC described them as feeling scared by the power the presenter held. In its report, the broadcaster said it was able to verify that the message was sent from a phone number belonging to the presenter. It had contacted the presenter and his lawyer directly but had not received a response to the fresh allegations. Now, those two last sentences are very important. Look at the nonsense they said about this family Reported this to the BBC, and the reason it got put on pause was because an email was sent to the family and they hadn't responded. A phone call was meant to the sent to the uh, made to the family and it didn't connect. That was their excuse for not furthering allegation one investigation. Pathetic, absolutely pathetic. Yet we've got allegation two come in. And now the BBC has rapidly verified that the message was sent from a phone number belonging to the presenter. Absolute concrete evidence right there. And then the last thing it says is the BBC contacted the presenter and his lawyer directly, but it did not receive a response to the fresh allegations. The BBC and the presenter are now communicating through the presenter's lawyer so that that says a lot right there. i think they're going to throw yeah. this guy under the bus now because heads heads are going to roll on this one what 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 do you think andrew
1: mm-hmm. heads will will roll i like that i was, yeah. I was just i'm looking at yeah. your, your head because yeah. of the um <laughs> sort of roundness of it but but it's a lovely head but yeah what well, look i i said this to you on my channel yesterday that I knew there was a second person and that I think you knew uh, and we've talked about this and we are very much limited we're not allowed wait can you still hear me by the way yeah I always... can hear you yeah you hear me yeah now?
0: you're you're freeze-framing a little bit but I can hear you fine Keep yeah going.
1: okay yeah yeah okay well, we're, next we're breaking the internet that's what's out. going on in a different browser but <laughs> okay. which is which is not fair what can you still see me
0: yeah I can see you wow. keep That's going Andrew right. keep
1: going. In... okay okay <laughs> well I'm gonna you keep talking I'm gonna come back okay. in on... on a different browser
0: all right. While Andrew addresses his technical difficulties, I shall move on to the many news stories that are coming out here on this situation. Uh, let's. Oh, he's back in already. There we go, my friend. You are back you are trying, right, trying to hack me. Right. they're trying to sorry shut us down that. on this important. Go for it.
1: Yeah, I don't really, I don't get why this is happening. We've both got good, it does feel like that might be, that that has happened to us before, hasn't it, Sean? We've had that many times where they have tried to, whenever I've been on your thing back in the day. We've both got good internet stuff. There's no reason it should happen. Let's not get too paranoid though, but yeah. Point. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is they knew. Like if you and I knew, if you and I knew about Philip Schofield for five, six years, and we are powerless to do anything because we will immediately be taken down as soon as we say anything, and immediately brought to some sort of whatever tribunal, just litigious stuff getting involved. We can't say anything. It's down to the BBC. We're paying. For the BBC, a lot of people outside the UK don't know that there's a license fee, they are linked to the government, it is in the public interest, not only their behaviour, but their political opinions are not supposed to be political. There's loads of different kinds of things about the BBC that's very particular to the BBC, uh, which means they have a real duty of care beyond most TV channels. They were told about this in May. Now, I don't want to just come down on one side entirely uh, because I I just think that's that's boring more than anything else. And I think there's always interesting different sides of things. The other side of things is to what extent is what the presenter did illegal and therefore in the public interest, given we pay their salaries, to what extent is it salacious perhaps perhaps even immoral but not illegal now in the first case we know that the child was under age when the photos were made of them in the UK if you're 16 years old you are legally able to do whatever you might even if it morally with a a man who might be in their 50s or 60s or older than that who knows with this, this presenter I can't give any clues as to who he is morally you might go well this is a bit odd whether it's a boy or a girl we don't know the victim but legally although you can engage in relations with people of that age 17 in the UK you cannot make reproduce or just have photos of them of this nature so that is definitely illegal it's illicit it is in the public interest to know what our presenters are getting up to in that respect the second person to come forward, not a lot is known about them. And things are coming in even as we speak. So if you're seeing anything that I don't know about, Sean, do let me know. But from what I can gather, this person might have been in their 20s and has reported that the, the presenter was abusive to them uh, verbally and threatening and scary. But I don't know yet that any laws have necessarily been broken. You know, have, you, have you heard anything on that? So it's now um,
0: being investigated as a possible criminal matter by the London Metropolitan Police. And because it began at age 17, the images, that is a criminal offence that could carry prison time. That's
1: the first one, though.
0: Yes. The second one, we don't know. Hmm. It's too early to ascertain the nature of of the interactions between the presenter and the second one how old this person was when it started you know it's saying that they're in their early 20s now but does this go back to um when the person was below 18 if it does then a crime would have been committed um threatening sending expletives and stuff like that i don't think you're going to get any prison
1: time out of that for him Exactly. So that's what we don't know. That's why this is all very murky. And I've even heard it said, and this is not me trying to not come down hard on the presenter, anyone who was watching us last night, or even for the rest of tonight, will know that we are coming down very hard on them. But I just do want to look at the uh, other sides of this. I was up late watching the news on all of this, trying to hear all sides of it. And there is another theory. Uh, about who is to blame him again it's a Latin, which you could blame the bbc for or you know we should know more at the same time the sun i should say are obviously if they're playing this out i think they know they're within their rights it wouldn't be defamatory to actually release the full story but they're dragging it out and releasing it bit by bit maybe that's understandable because that's how a newspaper Goes. That's how they make their money. They're making their money bit by bit and continuing to have the exclusive on little bits of the story rather than revealing all of it and then it's gone or whatever. That's the son's prerogative. That's one of the issues. One possible complication here is if the first child and maybe the second were met by this man on a dating website, I've got one in particular in mind that I just don't want to say the name of because of how YouTube is, but, you know, uh, it rhyming with, I don't know, lonely hands, or I, I don't know. right? O-F, if it was O-F, that website, yeah. um, OF, fine, yeah. Um, then <laughs> that's an issue that OF has, because then they need to be proving that anything they put on their website is lawful and above 18. So then does the blame lie with OF? If, and this is all speculative at this moment. Does it lie with OF? And then you can say anything. You know, This person then would have gone onto that website assuming that the person was over 18 because that's what's supposed to happen on OF. So I don't know if that's the case, but that would throw a bit of a spanner in the works and, and lead us down a whole other path of where we throw the blame. I can imagine that opening up a whole parliamentary thing where we talk about OF, we talk about PH as well in that with that respect. And... This could set off a chain of events that's going to make for some very, very difficult uh, times for lots of different people.
0: Yeah, we've seen platforms get shut down because, I've got to phrase this very carefully because of the community guidelines, miners have been involved in inappropriate business dealings. Let's just put it that way. Um, Some platforms have been closed down when there has been a pattern of that. But in this case, it's the BBC that's going to take the biggest hit, I believe. Last night, what we saw was the changing of the narrative and they were going to golden handshake this guy out of the picture. He was just going to take a retirement. I don't know if you remember early on in the Schofield situation, but he was all released his statement saying, I've got all these other shows I'm going to still be doing. I've negotiated this deal whereby I'm stepping down from this morning. Effort's A-OK. I'm going to be hosting this, that, and the other. In fact, I'm going to be in Manchester at the beginning of the month. And a week later, that was all shut down. And he, he you know, he, he, the, the scandal had got to the point where even Holly was at risk of getting kicked off the sofa, but she maintained... Um, her course and secured that and came out on top. Now, where are we in terms of the timeline with this situation? The guy was getting protected last night. He was going to be peacefully retired from the scene, I think. And he probably has known that all along. And it's his arrogance, his narcissism, his psychopathy that's driven him on to commit these offenses because we saw the cover-up in motion. These guys have got so much money. The BBC's got such deep pockets. They've got the connections with the politicians, the lawyers, and they must have called on all of their resources to get this guy's activities covered up. Now, what we've seen today is the second allegation has changed everything completely against the BBC and completely against the presenter. With the, old, with the BBC now stating that they have confirmed it was the presenter's phone that was used. And the presenter now only speaking to the BBC through his lawyer. That suggests to me that he's, he's in extremely hot water. The temperature of that water has gone up considerably today. And even though we were getting people saying yesterday that, you know, look at this, the sun, it's rubbish. They've made this up. The family, I don't know if you noticed, Andrew, but the family responded quite quickly and they said that the BBC were liars because there was articles coming up, you know, about questioning the sun and all this stuff. Um, but they said that they've got the receipts for the bank transfers. They've got screenshots of the activity and they've got the evidence to back it up. And the sun, you know, earlier on, you said the sun was drip feeding it in a kind of clickbaity way, which is what has happened. But I think that the Sun, because they've been burnt in the past legally, only half, instead of going full on, we've got this scoop, we're going to name him, bam. They did it halfway in a way to kind of protect themselves legally. They kind of put the story out there, but didn't put the name. They were a bit hesitant because I thought, they were they were afraid of legal repercussions and you know it it is an absolute minefield out there but looking at what the family of the young person um said they immediately said they stood by their account of what happened the um you know it came out with the lawyer representing the young person calling the allegation rubbish a lawyer you know paid for by we can only guess um (laughs) And then the stepfather was quoted in a new article as saying allegations were put to the BBC for an hour. But in a report on Monday, it was stated, the family say no one from the corporation rang them for a proper interview after the initial complaint. The stepfather said the BBC lied about only being freshly informed last week about the full scope of the allegations. He's quoted as saying he previously told the BBC the young person was 20 and the contact had been happening for three years, However, he also says he told the BBC he had contacted the police and was told nothing illegal had taken place. So many people have asked, why did the parents go to the BBC and not the police? And then the father last night stated that they, they had indeed gone to the police, but were fobbed off. Then the lawyer for the young person said he, he had sent a denial to the son about the allegations made by their mother before the newspaper published the story on Friday. The son said it had seen evidence to back the mother's claims then in a letter sent on Monday to the BBC the lawyer said the young person sent a message to the paper on Friday saying the statement made by their mother was totally wrong and there was no truth to it the lawyer added the son um, nonetheless the son proceeded to publish the inappropriate article quote for the avoidance of doubt nothing inappropriate or unlawful has taken place Between our client and the BBC personality and the allegations reported in the Sun newspaper are rubbish, the lawyer wrote. Then the young person's lawyer said press reporting was an invasion of privacy. Criticized the Sun and the BBC for not contacting their client. Quote, nobody from the Sun newspaper appears to have made any attempt to contact our client prior to the publication of the allegations on Friday, 6th of July. He claimed in the letter that the mother and the young person were estranged. In response, The son then said, we have reported a story about two very concerned parents who made a complaint to the BBC about the behaviour of a presenter and the welfare of their child. Their complaint was not acted upon by the BBC. We have seen evidence that supports their concerns. It's now for the BBC to properly investigate. And then Davies said in an email to BBC staff on Sunday that the corporation took the claims it's about its presenter incredibly seriously. Prime Minister said the allegations were shocking, and concerning and told journalists the government had been assured the process was being undertaken by the BBC is rigorous and will be swift quote given the concerning nature of the allegations it's right there investigated swiftly and rigorously and it's important we now let that carry on and all you know this is only all coming about I think a lot of it due to the pressure of the public and because we're not in the Savile era whereby people can't go get online and, and express their opinions. I've
1: said a lot there, Andrew. Your turn. Mm. (laughs) No, well, you're absolutely right. And uh, as we know, this came forward to the BBC in May. You've just said yourself, the police fobbed it off. It sounds, yet again, yet again, and that's what's so extraordinary about this, because this has happened before. But yet again, they are sorry. They are very sorry. The BBC are extremely sorry. They're sorry they were caught. That's what's (laughs) happened, because before the rest of us knew about it back in May... You know, weren't that sorry, were they? They weren't so sorry that they felt that they had to suspend one of their biggest presenters. This is an issue, by the way, because, again, I know a lot of people watch the show who are not from the UK, might not be familiar with all the ins and outs. But I saw a poll last night in the UK that showed that one in six Britons or British people uh, knew The name of the person. Now, another day since then has passed. I would imagine it's much higher than one in six. And at what point is this just ridiculous? And someone will name the person. We talked about that last night when that's happened before. We're all a bit worried about defamation, which this would not be because it's pretty sure that, you know, the people who think they know about it are pretty sure that they're right about it. But There is one place in the UK where that is protected. There's a similar law in Canada. I don't know if it's uh, exactly the same in the US, though, and that's parliamentary privilege. And the precedent with this was with a soccer player or a football player called Ryan Giggs, who was named... In a salacious tabloid story, no one was naming him, but he was known as somebody who had been having an an affair with his brother's wife. Now, there was nothing illegal or illicit about it. It wasn't necessarily in the public interest for us to know that. And yet a minister of parliament decided, you know, a politician decided under parliamentary privilege, to say the name and that released it to the public you can't be sued for what you say there the reason for that is because they want politicians to be able to speak freely while deciding our laws it wasn't really put in place so that we can gossip about soccer players and football players and their morality and things like that this is a different situation because this is one that is far more in the public interest this is one where at least one or two laws have been broken and we're paying for these people's career this is one of the extraordinarily well-paid people at the BBC. And I do have a chip on my shoulder because when I made exorcism documentary for them, even though it was one of the most watched documentaries that year and won awards and all these kinds of things, because I was a lowly peon uh, and I didn't matter. And you can guarantee had I been involved or you been involved or any of the viewers watching now if you'd been had ties to the bbc and you'd done anything like this then when they came to complain about you in may your name would have been out right away this person has been protected been protected for months now and he is being paid more money in a month than most of us make in a year or even two years and that is the kind of privilege that a lot of elite people and i'm not don't mean that in a paranoid way it's not all people who are doing well in their life and all that kind of thing but there is definitely some protection for people like that but this is going to be part of the BBC's demise and I've seen that pop up in the comments as a bit in the chat as a bit of a question people are asking what does this mean for the BBC the BBC like most TV channels are actually struggling right now this is all a bit awkward for me to talk about as I say because I've got a meeting with the BBC this week i don 't know if they 'll be watching this right now and going, oh gosh we shouldn't go with him and have his and his ideas you know and and but here 's the thing I know i can 't probably unless I was one of these elite people i 'm not going to be able to make I lost money last time i won 't make any money from it i 'm better off just sticking to my YouTube channel really, but there is still despite all of the horror shows that have gone on, there is still a level of prestige in being linked to the BBC at the same time so Journalists, documentary makers do want to be associated with the BBC for that reason. As time goes on and there are more and more of these things coming out and as the likes of Netflix and Amazon Prime and all those and YouTube and us independent YouTubers gain more power and more independent power, the BBC is dwindling in its power. Uh, Fewer people are watching it. I thought years ago. I think a lot of us thought they needed to open up their team to the world because that's living in a globalised world. People around the world want to see their show. They could have created a kind of Netflix, uh, but BBC World, let's call it, um, where people can just sign in and watch the BBC programmes around the world. There was a certain allure to that. They didn't do that. They're struggling. They're falling apart. And I think these things are the final nails in in a coffin, really. Obviously, there was Savile. Uh, there was schofield who who started at the b b c This is now happening with this unnamed person and in ten years i don't know if there's much uh future for the b b c and 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 that's important because already you've seen this sean there's a lot in the um Uh, There's a lot in the public about not wanting to pay the TV license fee anymore. It's become quite draconian. Even if you're watching, you know, nothing to do with the BBC, you're expected to pay it. They turn up at your door. They start, you know, threatening you and basically acting like this person is supposed to have acted when he was caught out. So, yeah, I I don't see a very positive future for the BBC right now. Um, What do you think, mate?
0: Yeah, I'm getting the threatening letters from them. I don't watch the BBC and they're saying they're making appointments to come and inspect. They want to come inspect my house. And I just want to tell everybody, I watch Andrew Gold's channel. Andrew was my co-host on Atwood Unleashed for a long time. We've got almost 4,000 in the chat right now. And we would appreciate if some of you guys would subscribe to Andrew. The link is at the top of the description box. He's doing phenomenally. He's got almost 200K subs in record time. And he is hammering some of the most evil organizations and evil people in the world that are committing these crimes against women kids and he specializes in exposing various cults which really dovetails with some of the work on this channel and i'd like to thank andrew you know for his contributions to this channel and um Thanks, John. If, if you guys you guys want to go over and check what he's doing out there, I would urge you to do. so he had a video recently about something that happened in Haiti. Um, they got over a million <laughs> views. I'm not allowed to talk about it on our channel, but <laughs> I think I think many of you um, will be will be very interested in it indeed. So the BBC mm. to answer your question, I think it's become an anachronism. The only time I watched the BBC, is when I'm at my parents' house, they're in their 70s, and I walk through the living room, and my dad is watching some political show or other, and I see these faces on the TV, these uh, politicians, and after not paying attention to any of that uh, TV stuff for so long, they just look like puppets, like fake-faced, almost um, plastic faced puppet characters full of deceit and and, and lies and manipulation, but it's just so obvious what they're up to. And, you know, some of our guests have said that the people who get to the top of media, the top of politics, uh, the top of the royal family are psychopaths, are narcissists, and they are the qualities that I believe we are seeing exemplified by this TV presenter and his alleged crimes
1: yeah you know what really stinks about the whole thing is that as soon as the news released by the sun about this person uh, about this bbc presenter and the person that they was you know getting photos of and sending photos to and the mother walked in and saw you know this very famous tv presenter in their underwear um but as soon as that came out the first reaction from a lot of people was like, this is this is one of those, you know, to to bury a, a bad news day, which I think was made famous. I don't know if it was George W. Bush or it was one of the or maybe it was Tony Blair. There was something wasn't there around um, this, you know, but I don't even want to say the name of that event because I know that that but it happened uh, 22 years ago in New York. Um and, you know, good day to bury bad news was the was the phrase used. And it was a politician who said it and was caught out. So when you talk about them being robots, that's exactly the kind of empathy they showed to thousands of people who lost their lives that day. Uh, a good day to bury bad news. And yeah, there are huge scandals ongoing right now around some of the biggest politicians in Britain, uh, one obviously being Boris Johnson and one being George Osborne, that people I think, are not allowed to talk about. But one of those stories that might hit the news sometime soon, we can't talk about it for the same reasons we can't talk about other things. But if it does, about one of those politicians, it is actually very funny, the way that a lot of things were revealed about them. The point being, you know... (laughs) it's hard to. is the news about Boris out there to hide the horrible news about the BBC is the BBC news out there to hide the news about Boris everybody is just working as some sort of political spin doctor at the moment trying to make themselves look good and the fact is if you get to the top of the BBC you get to the top of the politics you're probably somebody who's somewhere along the spectrums of narcissism and psychopathy so you know, and you mentioned, of course, my channel and the cults I look into, often it's Scientology and things like that. And I was saying to you the other day that you see it everywhere. That's why I love cults in particular. It's why I'm really interested in, in that, <laughs> because you see that reflected in every institution. I don't think that there is necessarily something evil about the BBC in particular, and that's because I don't really believe in evil. I think it's sort of a cartoon thing I think what is a huge organisation like many extreme religions like many cults like, like anything that has tiered hierarchies and people start to get status which is very important to humans it was important to humans when we were in tribes if you had more status you would get more of the food more of the shelter so we have in us this evolutionary drive to achieve status. And once you get higher and higher at somewhere like the BBC, somewhere like politics in the political system, you start to feel invincible. Other people are just yes men around you all the time. They're too scared. They knew since May about this guy, Mm -hmm. but they're not going to say anything. And if I'm totally honest, I would like to think I would say something, you know? But what do I know? If this person potentially has the say-so about whether I lose my job or not and I've got to provide for my family, do I want to stick my head above the parapet and tell all the newspapers and come out and say what he's done so I can understand why people are scared uh, and I can I can also see from a human level how some people who maybe are slightly psychopathic, I don't think they've got to be all the way there after decades of being at the top, being outrageously overpaid and just feeling like they're just, you know, impenetrable and, in, and nothing can happen to them. Um, I can see how, I don't know, that kind of confidence that they've got. It's just ridiculous. Because this is potentially, you know who it is, we're supposed to say, but potentially a family man with a with a family who's who's going about doing this, showing if you're that famous, God, it just beggars belief to do that, to pop your face out on these apps and things with underage people. So that's what I think about that. It's to do with the cult dynamics. Um and, and the way societies work. And that's why the BBC, it's why extreme religions, it's why, why cults, it's why all these things have got these kinds of horrible people and they're almost impossible to get rid of and to, to hold to account.
0: Many people today have seen the shortlist of BBC TV presenters and the massive incomes that they make. And that is a small pool of people. And we've seen several of those people come out and say that this definitely was not them. Therefore, shrinking that pool of people down to an even smaller amount of potential suspects of these alleged crimes to the point now where the pressure for the name to come out is so intense. It's rocking the nation. The prime minister is being asked about parliamentary privilege being used to release the name as the pressure mounts every single day and the prime minister's official spokesperson today told reporters obviously we support freedom of speech but this is a sensitive issue which is being looked at carefully and the relevant authorities need to be given the appropriate time to carry out that work asked about the deputy chair, Lee Anderson, calling the BBC a safe haven for beep, P-word. The spokesperson said, obviously, the BBC is a vital institution. That's debatable. Much cherished by the British public. (laughs) Debatable. Debatable. And (laughs) continues to do vital, important work. And that's why, as ministers of have made clear it's important that they establish the facts and act appropriately in this case. The spokesperson denied Sunak was trying to avoid finding out who the suspended BBC presenter is, as if he doesn't know, in order to evade questions. When this was put to the spokesperson, he told reporters, I wouldn't characterize it like that. I mean, the prime minister is at the NATO summit. And yesterday had the president of the United States here, so obviously his time is taken up with those issues. It's for the BBC and others to look into this one. Do you think that it, it could come out through parliamentary privilege, Andrew?
1: <laughs> I think it. I think. I think it will do. And you know what? I don't think from a, play, a, a good-hearted place necessarily. I think, you know, well, I think that when that was done with the Ryan Giggs thing. They're, you know going back to maybe not necessarily cult dynamics but human dynamics how humans are we like to show that we know more information than other people we like to reveal it there are enough politicians that at least one or two of them will be getting you know dreaming of the of the spotlights won't they the ones we don't know about they're not very famous and they're thinking I could wake up tomorrow blurted out in, in the House of Commons uh, my name will be all over the paper they can 't touch me legally maybe some politically people will go oh what a show off and what but I wasn't going to become Prime Minister anyway at least I get some fame maybe I'll get a TV show off the back of it you know so yeah. there's definitely going to be a few politicians I know how some of them think I know a lot of those those guys you know just from my, my old journalist days and a lot of them are psychopaths <laughs> so I think they'll do it I don't think I wouldn 't believe for a second it would be in the interest of the public people at least at least in their motivations, I don't think you know. I think it would be in our interest, but I don't think that's why a politician would release it. <coughs> Eventually, the pressure is so much that this name has to come out. I did say to you yesterday on my channel about uh, you know there have been examples where it hasn't happened. There were a couple of you know I'm, you know I'm a big football or soccer fan, uh, so you know there's, there's been an Everton player just a few years ago was involved in something. There was an Arsenal player. The whole of Twitter knows exactly who these two people are but nobody ever named them. But these were not British people, firstly, uh, and they were not involved in an organization that we, the public, pay for. So I think this one has to come out. Uh, I do think the Sun are going to probably hope to do it before the politicians do. As I say, they want to drag it out and get whatever they can from it. I understand that. And, and that's something I always stress as well. You know, we always talk about the bad guys, the evil guys, you know, and then the good guys, and so on. That's not life. That's not humanity. So I think the Sun have done well to to release this, uh, and I would defend them against you see in this particular case. But look, you're from very near Liverpool, Sean, and you know the Sun is infamous around there for being just the worst thing in the world and they've made some huge mistakes uh, we can call them you know and that's being kind so there's good and bad on all sides here
0: the sun has just put an article out minutes ago with new oh. information here we go <laughs> <laughs> ah b bbc presenter suspended over beep claims broke covid lockdown laws to meet young stranger from a dating site the TV personality allegedly ignored strict COVID rules, even though his own network was broadcasting round-the-clock coverage of the pandemic, which claimed a uh, approximate quarter of a million lives in the UK. So The Sun now has contacted um, alleged victim number two, and The Sun has now oh, seen God. messages which suggest that, as well as visiting... The 23-year-old's home, the star sent cash and asked for a picture. He was sent a semi-naked photograph. The person who the presenter met told The Sun, the BBC were briefing the nation on the rules when the star, who was part of the institution, was quite happy to break them. The BBC and the presenter have now been approached for comment on this matter, and The Sun is handing its evidence over to the BBC's investigation. In an interview, the youngster has told how the star travelled across London to another country to meet them at their flat in February 2021. They said they first met the presenter in November 2020 on a dating site. A month later, the conversation then moved to WhatsApp. The dating site user who was given the son a sworn statement told us I got a message from him from an account that didn't have his picture. We started chatting and I didn't know it was the star at the time when he told me his name and what he did. I put two and two together. The stranger who can't be identified said the TV host pressed him for a face to face encounter. Quote, I fobbed him off, but he became so persistent. The, old, they're giving it him. the young person said the presenter discussed meetings straight away, although England was in a strict three-tier system which advised the public not to travel to an outside area. They added he was oh, always gosh. asking to meet, and I found it quite pressurizing. There were restrictions, and they kept getting stricter, but he constantly asked. Tier 3 was put in place when there was a very high alert over the virus, but the BBC Star apparently refused to heed the guidance, with the young person saying he wanted something to happen. In messages seen by The Sun, the presenter asked the youngster on December 12, 2020, maybe let me know which days might work next week. He then later said in the conversation, I'll make it work. But when the day of the meet came, the presenter said, I think tomorrow is tricky. I'm nervous with T3 restrictions. The youngster told The Sun... You could tell he was trying to find the right time so he didn't get in trouble. Then on December 18, 2020, the presenter asked, did you say next week, not good for you, question mark. The youngster replied, no, I'm good for next week. I thought you didn't want to come because of restrictions. The presenter wrote, well, I shouldn't, but I really want to. Youngster replied, I kept fobbing him off, but he became so persistent. He then started getting really demanding when I made excuses not to meet him. There was a barrage of messages, and if I didn't agree to meet, he would say he felt unwanted. Boo-hoo. And I had to explain myself constantly. His attitude changed completely. I'll let you interject here, Andrew, because there's reams of details on this. Have you got anything to say?
1: He's absolutely effed now. He's absolutely. After. And that might not, that's going to sound unusual for people outside the UK, but we're a very strange nation in particular ways, particularly with rules and things. And we do hold a double standard. Uh, with this we we like for example and this is humanity in general we like movies and films and tv stuff where the main character is a bit of a renegade is a bit of a rebel doesn't follow the rules that kind of thing however when it's somebody who isn't elite at our in our home who and we talked about this the other day as well who you know, we, we 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 like to relate to people because of their aspirations. We see our own goals and aspirations in them when they're on the way up. But when they're at the top, they just seem so removed from us. So those people, when they break rules, and we saw with Phil Schofield and Holly Willoughby, you know, Phil, obviously the one that was uh, involved. We, we did videos about him as well with with another scandal entirely. But it almost got more newspaper lines when he and her pushed in the queue to see the Queen you know after her, after she passed so rules and legal little things and protocols are huge particularly in the uk and people who were seen as the elite, seen as the enforcers of the rules, so we look at Boris Johnson, we look at Matt Hancock, these are politicians who have just never recovered from it because they set the rules and they abided by them. If this is a BBC presenter, they will be seen as exactly the same as the politicians. They are perhaps the messengers not necessarily setting the rules, but they're the ones who are telling us the rules enforced by the politicians. They're the ones we turn on at night and we need to trust them. And if they've told us, you've got to stay in, so many people stayed in, didn't see the funerals of their families, didn't see, you know, and it's very different. If it's a friend of yours, we've all got mates who have said, like, I know I was supposed to stay in, but I couldn't anymore. I had to go and do this. I went and did that. And you go, oh, you, you naughty bugger, or so on. But we will not have that kind of patience for somebody who is at the top of the BBC in this respect, especially given what we now know about what they were doing so now we know Sean this is what's interesting because at the beginning I said look I can see what's illegal about the first case because the first case the first person who came forward was under age when he was getting photos and sending photos and all these kinds of things we know that that was the second case as far as we know started with this person already an adult then it's a matter of okay well was the presenter having an affair and so on well we don't know all of that yet but that's not even our business it's just someone being immoral whatever If they've broken lockdown uh, protocols in doing this, to me, and that might sound ridiculous because I know a lot of people broke those rules, that is the final nail. That person, whoever it is, and obviously we know, is not getting back on TV. That's it. Done.
0: And I'm going to continue this to read this breaking news from the Sun, but before I do so, something that stood out to me here is that this person was in a foreign country. Now, I was contacted by a friend of a family who uh, allegedly got a third victim. And I was waiting until news came out about more victims. And hearing this now about this happening in a foreign country adds more more to what I've been told by this possible third victim because they told me when they approached me um, that this also happened in a foreign country. And I was thinking... You know, th- that kind of like made me think, is this person telling the truth? But now the saying that this guy was doing this in foreign countries adds more veracity to the claims made by this friend of a family of a possible third alleged victim. And I'm going to see if I can connect this possible third alleged victim's parents with either the son or the Daily Mail. But I'm just going to continue because the sun is absolutely providing massive details. This is just broke from them about the what's actually happened. It was much more than threatening. There has been some kind of travel that's violated lockdown restrictions. And I'm going to continue to read the timeline here. So on January 15th, 2021, days after Britain's third national lockdown was announced, presenter said to the youngster in a WhatsApp message, I've been as patient as I can. I'm not used to being turned down like this. Sorry. Youngster replied, the other week I had the virus badly. I can always come into London as well if that's an option. The star said, yes, when lockdown is over as we can go places to eat or drink, etc. In the meantime, I want to visit you. I'm off today, which is why I messaged I am working next week. Youngster said to the son, I wanted to just meet up and go for a nice drink, but he kept insisting to come to mine. I finally gave in and arranged to meet nearly two months after we had started speaking properly. On February 18th, 2021, the star traveled on public transport to meet the youngster from Paddington to Liverpool Street and then a second train out of London. He even sent a picture making a point of how most people were at home because of COVID, writing, weird, empty stations. He later said in a series of detailed messages about his travel, Hi, tube delayed. I'll have less time with you, but at least we can meet. Only a few weeks earlier, Boris Johnson had announced the country's third national lockdown in a special live broadcast on BBC TV. The public were told they could not leave their local area and could only travel for work meeting from outside your household or bubble was against the corona regs. Mr. Johnson had told the nation now more than ever we must pull together. The route out of lockdown didn't start until March 2021. The star's web date said he came round for an hour. I was quite shocked that he broke the rules to come and meet me because of who he is. I was just a random person online. We just chatted. He was obsessed with me making him a cup of tea. And whoops, let's get Andrew back. Um, When he left the flat, he wrote to the youngster, I didn't want to leave either. I really liked your company. Next time I'll stay longer. On the day of the visit, he sent the youngster a present of 200 pounds, one of three payments made to a PayPal account. The others were for 200 and 250. The youngster said he gave me cash three times. Although he started to make me feel like he owned me because he was giving me money, he was always talking about his career and was very arrogant. This is ties into the narcissism. The presenter sent selfies in the BBC studios in work time and boasted about his famous friends. The dating app user said they felt uncomfortable with the presenter's demanding messages and felt used. They said, I just felt like he thought he could treat me like I was at his disposal. The source wanted to speak out, quote, to let people know the truth and added it is complete hypocrisy of the BBC star. He thought he was above everybody else. The BBC points the finger at others who do wrong, but the big star was happy to act like the rules don't apply to him. Wow, what a fantastic comeback by The Sun after last night they were being rubbished And many people were jumping on the bandwagon.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well... This is it. I've been in newsrooms like that, and you can imagine when the BBC came out with that, you can imagine that the person—and there would have been one journalist in particular who brought that story to his boss and all those things, or her boss—and it would have been very exciting for them. Like this is a big bloody story. Uh, to then get that reaction from the BBC, their heart would have been in their mouth. They'd have been up at night, you know, going, putting everything on hold, going, "This is the rest of my career that's at stake right now." And you alluded to this earlier. It was incredible how quickly they then sort of went more aggressively it seems like every attempt that this person who this who, the accused is is making to shut this story down is backfiring in a huge way firstly to go and shout at the kid you know and threaten them that but didn't do very well then to make the kid actually uh, retract the story has only made the son more ferocious in proving this and putting out as much as they possibly can. As you say, either they don't want to put out the full name in things because of fear of litigation or because they want to drag the story out a little bit. It's almost like a cat playing with its food in that respect. But my word, those latest revelations, as I say, I think the fact that he was breaking lockdown rules is going to be bigger than it might at first seem. That's going to be huge. It makes it even more in the public interest. The fact that he was that pushy and these things... Those things are all salacious and they're very gossip-worthy and they give us a picture of the person, particularly if he was cheating on his family. Um, but those are things, you know, people cheat. What do, what's it to do with, you know, is that illegal? Is that in the public interest? I don't know. But that COVID stuff, and he would have seen that tonight, whoever the presenter is, and will, be, will have just gulped because I don't know if he'd have been warned just before. That often happens. They warn and give a right of reply, but have seen that, and he'll know that it's more and more likely every day that either the Sun releases the name or that somebody with parliamentary privilege, like in the case of soccer player Ryan Giggs, releases the name now because, I mean, those people, the politicians, have been caught more than anyone else for breaking the rules that they set you might think those rules are ridiculous, but they set them and made us abide by them. Um, so I think, you know, this is big, man. This is, this. I think, next couple of days, I think the name's coming out. This person's career is is over. That's my opinion.
0: Indeed. And we've just gone over 5,000 in the chat. I'm going to read the breaking news in The Guardian next about the guys, the presenter's own colleagues, are now bombarding him, telling him to come forward and the reasons why... Um, For the over 5,000 in the chat, please share this on Twitter, this stream. If you're watching on YouTube, there's a share button below with hashtag Savile2, as in the number two. We're trying to get the hashtag Savile2 going that Steeples launched earlier today. And Steeples is coming back tomorrow at 6. And Please also don't forget to support Andrew Gold, the amazing work he's doing, and to subscribe to his channel and um are you able to stay, stick around for i know the hours up you able to stick around for a little bit longer or have you
1: got a yeah. i might have to a dash a in a minute time, um i know i Mrs. might put out a little a little thing on my channel and then say to come over to here as well to to watch this full video because we, we we've done a whole a whole thing are you how long how long do you reckon we're going on i think this can keep going
0: probably for another 15 to 30 minutes
1: Bloody hell, mate! Bloody hell! All right, well, uh, yeah, I might, I might leave you to it. Thank you, everyone, for all the kind comments Great. and all that. If you do pop over, say you came from Sean. Always like seeing how many people he's uh, doing that with. Uh, you guys, keep going.
0: All right, thanks, Andrew. I will get this file over to you as well when I get off. Cheers. All right, so I'm going to get into next the story that's just come out from the Guardian, whereby. Let's see if I can change the screen format. Whereby his own colleagues are now calling on him to put his own name out there because, and the quote at the top of this states the BBC, which I'm sure he loves, is on his knees with this. This what that was a tweet from Jeremy Vine. And As the second young presenter has come out, as more details have just been released by The Sun just before 9 p.m., which we've just gone over to. I'm starting to think the BBC presenter involved in this scandal should now come forward publicly. Mr. Vine has tweeted, these new allegations will result in yet more vitriol being thrown at perfectly innocent colleagues of his. And the BBC, which I'm sure he loves, is on its knees with this but it is his decision and his alone. The individual in the early twenties was contacted um, by the presenter on the dating app. We just went over that and the suspender, this broadcast is suspended um, accused of paying 35 grand to the alleged victim. Number one, Jerry vine is urging the presenters to come forward publicly and he's, 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 putting that on Twitter. Piers Morgan is also weighing in blasting the BBC for refusing to name the presenter at the center of the scandal. Piers Morgan has berated the BBC on Twitter for failing to name the presenter. Um, let's have a look at what Piers Morgan has said. Also the former guardian editor has weighed in. He says he feels that the sun is not entirely on solid ground in its story regarding the allegations. So he's, he's, he's backing up. If the story was pitched as high as they were pitching it initially, they could have argued the public interest defense in court if there was subsequent legal action. Alan Russ Bridger told Sky News, I'm curious that The Sun has not added, um, Well, that's all been wiped out now, hasn't it, by what The Sun has just announced. We are urging The Sun to show us what you've got. I think the sun's got a lot more to come on this. And I'm going to try and put the family members of an alleged third victim um, in touch with the sun after this stream. Now I feel that there's authenticity to the claim there because it happened in a foreign country. Um, At some point, the dam is going to burst, says the BBC's own former chief political correspondent. He's described the BBC director general Tim Davies' interview as deeply embarrassing. It was absolutely pathetic. It was corporate doublespeak. And he's just echoing what they said in the aftermath of the Saville saga, that there's going to be lessons learned. We're going to clean house. This will never happen again. Absolute nonsense is happening over and over again with, with Rolf Harris, Stuart Hall, and now this Mr. X that we can't name. Um, the, the former political correspondent is saying, I think... The BBC will stagger on waiting for someone else to break the news or make the real allegation as to who the famous presenter is. This is what John Sargent has recently told Sky News. My feeling is that at some point the dam will burst. You can't go on having this extraordinary kind of phony war between BBC management, their own news staff, and all the journalists from Fleet Street crying out for more information. (laughs) I'm going to just ask the chat real quick. How many of you on the chat? Put a one if you think you know who this person is. We can't have any names, please. Um, put a two in the chat if you you, you you still don't know who the person is. Because we can't have the names in the chat because, um, you know, we are liable for our comments and we can't have um you know any any kind of legal problems ensuing on the channel that they can weaponize against us basically all right so i'm going to i've not been watching the live chat but i'm going to try and pull it up now my computer's doing something crazy hold on a second let me just get it pulled up i think i need to close that here we go yeah mostly ones i'm seeing nearly all ones in the chat i've got the chat in front of me now to close some of these windows. I think my computer's getting overloaded by all this. Um, yeah, mostly one's in there. I can see. Is Andrew Gold still on the screen? Or has he gone? I don't know what's happening here. All right, yeah, so mostly one's. Look, if, if you've got any questions, guys, before I log off, put them in the chat, and I'll take them now. We are going to be back tomorrow with Matthew Steeples at 6. And... We've got other experts on the presenter story that we're gonna be covering as well. Huge thank you to all of the new subscribers to the channel. Please um, give us a sub, help us get up to 800K. Andrew Gold thanks you guys as well for your subscriptions to his channel too. I'm gonna end the stream here. Hope to see some of you guys tomorrow. Much love and respect from the UK, wherever you are in the world. Thanks for following this story.